Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Monday, August 7th. It's a new week, week five specifically of the sleepers podcast every monday through friday five days a week five episodes a week we still haven't missed a day carter pat ourselves on the back hey and honestly not even breaking a sweat trying to do this is this is what we do this is what they call hitting a stride and we've done that do you have a good weekend my friend yeah pretty solid weekend um finally made the last proposal or pitch to secure new clubs um, still waiting for the decision on that, whether it be denied and or granted, but new clubs might be coming in seven to 14 days. Are you in like a bidding war? How does this work? So you have to like say what you're willing to pay. And then the shop is like, we might take that. We might not. No. See, so when you obviously Gregory, you understand this because you're in a, a, a fruitful, loving relationship with your beautiful wife, Mallory, uh, you know, financial oh. decisions aren't always yours. Okay. So you got to make pitches sometimes understood you you gotta you don't just you know say i'm doing this you go make a slide deck on what you know the improvements the pros and cons of me getting these understood i would love to see the slide deck if you're willing to share that for the record and if i can help in any way let me know um spank on that slide deck you can't see my boy oh boy you and uh (laughs) you you and your wife share a surprising uh, level of influence on my wife's decision-making process. So if there's anything me and my wife can do to help you with your wife's decision-making process, I would love to. Just uh, do know. we actually? Yeah. She just values you guys a lot. Like if you if you were to tell her something's like important or if you told Mal she should do something, she would probably do it. She loves you guys and values your opinion. Mal, like, hey, good morning, Mal. You don't be great. Like Greg just had like an extra 500 every week. Just forget <laughs> No comment. Uh, so this is a fun, unique episode. It's a long episode, but the content's great, in my opinion. Um, we brought a guest on. We already recorded that this morning, so that's going to be the meat of this episode. The main uh, two segments will include an interview with TikTok superstar GFED. GFED uh, is a Lansing alum. He lives in Chicago, and he has just gone super viral on TikTok, uh, creating awesome college sports related content. He's like driving his ass across the country, showing up on campuses, trying to sneak into facilities, football, basketball, and documenting all of it. He worked his way up to big 10 media day, shaking hands, dapping up every football coach that was at that event. Uh, He's only been doing this uh, or he's only been viral for like a month. He's been doing this longer, but it's great to see things start to take off for him. And I I believe we got the first kind of sit down interview to like, learn who he is more importantly from our perspective cart we are actively recruiting gfed to become special sleepers correspondent gfed your thoughts on that we we talked about a little in the interview and kind of made like the live pitch that i think made him a little uncomfortable but uh let's just go all in like what's what are your thoughts on gfed and our recruiting pitch of him oh oh, oh he's gonna be ours I ain't <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna find a way because i see i see the vision and it's, it's not going to be like an NIL thing. Like I'm going to get my 2000, 
17 Nick Saban bag, okay? There's going to be Hellcats and McDonald's bags at GFED's doorstep with the Sleepers logo on it. Yeah, we love GFED. He, look, he fits well with our values, as stupid as that is to say out loud. Like, we, we are technically a business. Sleepers Media is the way we're growing and what we're trying to do. We're, we're uh, not technically, okay? We are a registered LLC. Okay, we're a business. The, the, the most important thing to me about us as a company or as a brand is that we very much want to be a brand that is outworking our competition. And that's why we're doing daily episodes. Um, and we're focused on entertainment. And I can't think of a better person on earth that's doing that in the TikTok space right now than GFED. Uh, it helps that he grew up where I grew up. And there's a lot of similarities with our pads in all of this. But um, yeah, there's a lot. I think like he kind of wants to get into college basketball. Uh, I think he needs a little just almost like a helping hand guiding of like, Hey, I've been through this before and I can help him realize like, what's a good deal. What's not, how do you position yourself best to make the jump from a, a full-time worker into doing both into this is my life now. Um, and I really like working with him too. That's the other thing. Like from the little I've talked to him, he's an awesome person and, uh, hopefully someone that you'll see on future shows. If all goes well with our pitch here, we would like G fed to be a correspondent where, you know, every now and then we call in and check in with G fed, just G fed. Where the hell are you? Are you in Iowa right now? Are you in Carver Hawkeye right now? Trying to sneak into the McCaffrey's like, I, I don't know. I think the world could take us in some funny spots. So interview with G fed. Uh, we had him stick around to talk about Michigan state's backcourt later in the episode. And then card, of course, uh, Illinois, won their first scrimmage in Spain, not scrimmage game, won their first game in Spain. And we have all the details. We will talk about that later in the show, but first card 22 comments today. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go right into comments? I feel like, can I call you out cart? I feel like, sure. I feel like something's wrong today from your end. I feel like you're just, you seem a little out of it today. What? Maybe not out of it, but like I feel like there's not that twinkle in your eye of like happiness that sometimes I see from Carter Elliott. Is everything okay? I, I I think so, but now that you put that in my head, that's gonna be in the back of my mind for the rest of the episode. Why would you say that before we get into? It? I don't know. I just I wanted to check in on you. You know, check in on your peoples. We talked about that last week. It's Maybe... no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Okay, good. I just yeah, my my bad. Maybe should have done that on I, camera. I, I, I appreciate it. All right, let's get to our 22 comments. David Crute1498 says, appreciate all you guys do providing the consistent content during the dog days. Question for you guys. Do you have a favorite hoops conference outside of the Big Ten? Big 12. Interesting. Pretty, pretty easy for me just because I enjoy, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a conference full of really good basketball teams. So, like, I, I very much enjoy watching Texas, very much enjoy, you know, Kansas State, Kansas, Baylor. I just I like watching that that brand of basketball. You've always loved Texas, and I I just can't get on board it with you. I don't know why. I really want to, but I would um, be a Longhorn if I was like coming up as a blue chip recruit. If I if I wasn't a Spartan, I'd be a I'd be a Longhorn. Yeah, I my answer is the Big East. Um, I I don't know why something even the new Big East. Like I I feel like I vibe well with like Creighton and Xavier. I always fall in love with those teams, and the old Big East was definitely my preferred favorite back when Syracuse was in there. Um, now though, my favorite conference is the pack four. 
Huge, huge fan of the pack four. Tourney J35 says watching Riley's brain start to comprehend that he made a big time mistake trying to rationalize UNC being okay in the Big Ten football mix because he's not scared of Wisconsin was awesome. Uh, and then also Carter telling Riley he's going to miss his big thing shouldn't have been funny, but it was. <laughs> I feel like that's just a classic, just Carterism right there. Things that shouldn't have been funny are funny. And then Riley Davis made his way to our comment section himself. Riley Friday said, uh, man, I started chirping, then realized I was like Icarus flying too close to the sun. <laughs> so uh, any thoughts on that reference? I don't even know who that is or what that is. Yeah, Riley, once again, with the whole uh, private school, we went to the boathouse. He's really letting that shine through right now. Uh, Doug LaFleur says, love the podcast, everyday listener now and a big Illini fan. I want to get your thoughts on their roster. Why I think it will be impossible for Brad to keep the locker room happy. I've never seen a team with eight to nine players who are legitimately equal in talent and skill. Uh, And then he went on to just a a longer, well thought out comment about how he loves the overall team. I think that's a great point, Doug. I think um, other than Terrence Shannon, and I guess you could throw Coleman in there. I think guys three through 10 on this roster are almost identical in caliber. And that means some guys will be naturally unhappy. And that should be a a both exciting and scary proposition for Illinois fans. It should be, but also it can work. Like there's a lot of teams I think that have come across the having like too much, I guess, quote unquote, too much, too much talent. But, you know, guys can be unhappy and accept your role and accept that that's going to get you the success you want, you know, as far as as a team winning things, hanging banners, going far in the tournament. As long as that unhappiness doesn't like seep, you know, seep into your performance or, you know, the well-being performance of the rest of the team, it can work. But like that's one of the biggest things about college basketball. Coaches like to use like that culture word. Uh, but it's really very, very key that guys accept their role. Like there needs to be a guy who might be super talented, but he accepts that he's the blue guy of the team and yeah. that'll work and that'll make it, you know, uh, make the team be successful. So, you know, uh, given given Illinois' uh, past couple of years, uh, you know, there's not a lot of guys that seem willing to accept lesser roles for the greater good of the team. So, I mean, you know, maybe we'll see how it works. Yeah, balance and depth. I think are two very good things to have. Illinois has a ton of it on paper. Just got to keep guys happy. And I think the nice thing is I think some of the transfers they brought in this year are probably okay with playing complementary roles. Like last year, if you, if you try to stick Matthew Meyer on the bench, then he just probably quits playing basketball. Right. Like, yeah. But like, you stick like, you stick like the mask on the bench. I feel like he'd be completely okay with that. Yeah. Or Gary, a like, or Justin Harmon, like these guys, I think are it's, just it's happy. Harris will absolutely die for the Illinois logo. Like Luke yeah. Goody, those guys too. It's a lot to like more on this later. Cause we are going to talk in depth about Illinois first game, but, um, there's there are things to like about this team. Jonah Freeman 149 said I saw Greg's tweet about Purdue potentially being the best team in the nation if they are willing to plug Colvin and TKR into their primary lineup. Curious to see how you think the rest of their rotation shakes out. Lance Jones, Cam Hyde, first Gillis, Morton, Waddell, and Berg bring a lot of talent to the bench, but only three or four of them will realistically see the floor in a big game. Uh Waddell is not in the rotation, something I've heard many times in my life, but um Let's just let's just be clear. Waddell is not part of this. Uh, I they need to bench Morton 
I think the big question is, will Painter actually get there? The, the thing is, like, I mean, going off the last little monologue I just had right there, I think Ethan Morton would be completely fine with a bench role. I feel like Ethan Morton is one of those guys who would be fine with doing something for the greater good of the team. That's just me from the outside looking in. Obviously, I don't know that. But to me, he strikes me as a guy who loves playing for Purdue, loves the team, loves Coach Painter. If Coach Painter tells him to jump, he will say how high. If Coach Painter says we'll be a better team if you come off the bench, he will come off the bench. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the question is, is Painter too blinded by his love for him? Like Painter seems to have a big thing for Morton and Gillis. And in my opinion, the less that Morton and Gillis play for this team, the better, given the other options. So um, we'll see. It, by the way, if Matt Painter told you to jump, what are you saying? What's your response? God, I wanted to come up with something so great right there. Maybe <laughs> I don't have it today. Maybe you were right. Yeah, it sounds a little off. I don't know what it is. It's just the look yeah. in your eye. It's like it it looks a little dark in your room, too, even. Like the globe doesn't look like it's it, got its it, full it is a, color. It's a little gloomy outside. I don't know what it's like in Portage, but it's very overcast today. Huh. Maybe that's that's all it is. For the record, Purdue uh looked awesome. We will do a full Purdue segment probably tomorrow, unless any crazy news breaks. Just, just didn't have enough time for it today. But I want to talk about Purdue. Yes, I tweeted, I think they're the best team in the country if they just start Colvin and TKR. Those guys looked really, really good in a lot of ways. So uh, C. Schmeid, 2079, says Greg, saying that he needs to see Mrs. McCaffrey. Uh, I'm not going to repeat what I said. Have a blank with blank had me dying. Well done, Gregory. Well done, sir. Yeah, go back and listen to Friday's episode if you want to know what I said there. That was probably a little out of line. Spartan AG said, Y'all should go to the Champions Classic this year. MSU, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. Izzo better be able to knock off Duke now that Coach K is gone. I would love to. This seems like something people want from us, Cart. So we should probably make it happen. Um, should we go to the champ? You want to go to the Champions Classic with me? I mean, if you have me, I will. Okay. Looks like we're going to the Champions Classic. Clayton Lee said, wish the Illini had taken a chance on Brock. He's undersized, but he's fire. This coming from someone with two favorite teams, Illinois and whoever is playing Iowa. Yeah. Brock Harden's got game for real. He gives me a season vibes. I got to tap into Brock Harding more. We had basketball Jones hit me up on or hit us up on Twitter and basically said the Brock Harding slander like, I didn't know who he was before we recorded Just, on. Like, take away a siege and seasoning, and you have Brock Harden. Okay. I got to tap in. Jeff Horner 2.0, I guess. Doug LaFleur back in the comments says, My Illini shot three for 25 from three and 17 for 31 from the line yesterday. Same old story, same team. Love them. Just being real. More on that later this episode. Seal Wah says, for college hoops to go, you got to make it to Illinois versus Iowa. Best environment at the State Farm Center. Also, Goat Bar, Illini, Trent Frazier. We've heard a lot of stories about Trent Frazier's times in the Illinois bar scene. And it honestly makes me reconsider my views on Trent Frazier. <laughs> I mean, that's just... It, it's a, If you're going to be an Illinois champagne legend, that's that's both on and off the court. You got to earn that. It, it sounds like Trent Frazier was earned. Yeah, I wish there were more stories about other guys being Illini bar scene goats because the Illini bar scene impressed me a lot when we were there. Oh, um, I feel like they deserve to have more players at there. Also, Illinois, Iowa had no idea it was such a heated rivalry. Can we even call it a rivalry? Had no idea. Well, I mean, it, I, well, they got that. They had that thing with like the kids like buying fake tickets or something last year, wasn't that? Yeah, Iowa? yeah, that was funny. I mean, Orange Crush out of pocket like we've seen that no, before no we, love we love that 
Um, yeah, just didn't know there was so much animosity between Illinois and Iowa. I guess it makes sense with McCaffrey and Brad. Like those guys are both insane in a good way, but just I didn't know that was a thing. Quinn Hazard says, longtime listener, first time commenter. Good to see you, Quinn. Will the Big Ten Roadshow be able to make it all the way to the West Coast? Might go crazy in the car together for that long. Your thoughts, Cart? First of all, shout out my dog, Quintavious. Uh, big time USC fan and a very avid listener and good friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if we would be able to make it to all the way to USC. I feel like either I would kill you or you would kill me. Yeah, I uh, speaking from my perspective through our road trip history, I don't think there's never been a moment from my perspective where I've been like, I want to kill Carter or like I've never like gotten home from a road trip and been like, God, it's it sucks being around Carter that hard that long. I maybe it has from you and maybe I'm just unbearable. I'm totally fine to own that. But like I you're one of the few people I haven't hit like a point of like, I'm tired of being around him. And I also feel like we got great like car chemistry. Like yeah. sometimes like let's just run a whole Drake album. Sometimes we're like let's run this pod. Like yeah. We just kind of we just kind of go. No one complains about driving. You know, we know when it's time to stop. Yeah. You know, we so let like, each other rock. Like we 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 have good chemistry on and off the microphones. Yeah. We also um, have unlimited data too, so it means we can use hotspot in the car to make things happen too. So I am excited that Quinn is now a Big Ten fan also. I know he's a USC fan. That's going to be fun having him involved. Uh, I will say, as far as the Big Ten Roadshow goes or the College Hoops to Go thing, um, I am not ever going to ask Carter to do that again road trip style with me because that was a big ask for me, and he was willing to go along with it for a year. If somebody hypothetically if an entity wanted us to do a road trip series i think we would do it for a price and also as far as driving all the way to the west coast i would never sign up for that unless an entity hypothetically gave us a bus like if we had a college hoops to go bus and we had a a, a team producing a show and they were like greg and carter you just got to be on the bus we're going to california i'm immediately signing up for that 100 <laughs> percent easily it ain't so, gotta be a bus put us in like a little sprinter van yeah I'll, I'll that. yeah uh yeah that is what it is thanks quinn zach stewart says thoughts on kobe campbell the juco guard that michigan is pursuing maybe he could fill a duncan robinson role i think we are uh we'll we'll get to him later this week i see carter's face we have to do a segment on kobe campbell okay yeah, we have thoughts. We have thoughts. He can shoot the piss out of the ball. I'll say that. He can shoot the piss out of the ball, Zach. Let's move on. Nate Rhodes, 5397, said, I also need power five teams to start scheduling home and homes with those non-con teams that are semi-relevant and make the tourney most years. You're still caught up on Kobe Campbell. Hey, he, <laughs> hey what can he shoot? The, what can he do? He, he can shoot, he, the, shoot the what? He can shoot the piss out of the ball. <laughs> Shot 52% for a whole year, Cart. You shot 52% from three. Yeah. Yeah. Like, doing that in empty gyms impressive, is it not? 52% from three? Yeah, very much so. Okay. Sorry, Nate. We just have to move on. Clayton Lee's comment. Uh, he already talked about, no, somebody else talked about Brock Harding. He says more Brock Harding is legit. Uh, he's from where he lives. Yes, Brock Harding, I got to tap in. I did watch some highlights. It was pretty good. Aiden Tree says, thoughts on AJ hitting threes and clamping DeMar at the CP3 camp. We talked about that in a full segment with GFED, Aiden, so stay tuned for that. 
uh, a bunch of numbers, user and a bunch of numbers says, Hey guys, big fan of the pod. Me and my buddy have been doing a sports podcast for years and are looking to take it to YouTube. Can you just talk a little bit about what editing software you use and the process of taking the recording from zoom to YouTube? I uh, I can do that. I'm happy to do that, but I don't give away free game. I'm going to say that right now. So, uh, I'm just kidding. I do to nice people, but I don't want to do it on this podcast. So slide in my DMS, whoever this is user, uh, just message me on Twitter or X G 12. And I will tell you everything I do with the podcast. Clayton says, please tell me the possible third member for the podcast is an Illinois fan. That would be legit bump in viewership. Uh, no, it's not. He's a Michigan state fan. Also, he, we, we still have to win the recruiting battle Clayton. And lastly, we would never, this is a misconception about us with Illinois cart. We don't make decisions specifically for views from Illinois fans. I want to be clear on that. Like the fact that we get views from Illinois fans is great. We love that. We do not change up what we would do as a show specifically to try to get Illinois views. We talk about Illinois because they're dramatic and we love it. <laughs> and we talk about any other team like that too. There's, I mean, there's a lot going on and, Lost in it all, and I feel like people think we hate Illinois, which we actually don't. Like, I like Champaign. I like I like Coach Underwood. I even like everything. I like the facilities. I like everything about it. But, like, when dramatic stuff happens, when you team shoots three for 25 for three, what are we supposed to do? Say, like, oh, yeah. No, we're not, we're not supposed to, like, talk about that. But we would talk yeah. about that if Michigan State did it. we talk about that if anybody else did it. So, you know, I don't yeah. understand. And there's there's a lot of people just like why why are these guys even talking about Illinois? They're not Illinois fans. We're talking about Illinois because we're a Big Ten hoops podcast, and Illinois is one of the most fun teams to talk about in the conference. There's always more content around Illinois because of who Illinois is than anybody else. And uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about it. Hopefully, people enjoy it. I think people do enjoy that. Not gonna apologize for that. Fam uh, says thinking about MSU's title hopes this year. As obvious, the center spot is the weakness. Am I crazy believing it's not a huge issue? Tillman wasn't exactly an offensive monster. Cassius and him ran that pick and roll at an elite level 10 times a game. This year's team feels around that elite skill level. Main flaw I see is that a dominant center cooking them on the offensive end, but who really exposes that outside of Edie and Dickinson on top 20 teams? Um, short answer for me on this one. No one at the center rotation is half of what Xavier Tillman is. But I, I get his point though, right? Like, okay, you can't, beat Purdue because you don't have someone who can stop Edie. Fine. That goes for everyone in the country. You don't have to see Hunter Dickinson anymore. So like, are, are you really that worried about center given who the rest of the roster is? I guess that's a fair point. Yeah. Well, uh, what I was really trying to do escape by that because um, uh, one of my later segments involves this kind of topic. Okay. All right. Move on. Clayton is back in the Clayton with a high usage day in the comments. You love to see it. Clayton, uh, Ugg just saw the numbers on Illinois first exhibition game, three of 25 from three, 12%. I wasn't sure it was possible to be worse than three than last year. Call me worried. A line. I fan more on that later. Sam Bourne says, how would you guys compare Fletcher lawyer and Jaden Akins? It seems like most people would say Aikens easily, but I think it is a lot closer than people think. He went on to give some advanced stats uh, from Torvik and from Miyakawa, uh, also like a poor pag and assist turnover stuff. How would you compare Fletcher Lawyer and Jaden Aikens' cart? I think it's a lot closer than people think. It truly I'm is. I'm shocked by that. It, I, Fletcher, I, I've been saying that I think Fletcher Lawyer is a really good player. I feel like people kind of 
you know, we're looking at him as fact is he got hurt last year that I think people really didn't know about as much and hit that freshman year wall. But like Fletcher Lawyer's got that dog in him for real. Like he has that killer instinct to me. I saw him take over games earlier in the year uh, against really good teams last year. And he's a guy to me who I think is going to get better. And this is not a slight to Jay Nakins, but I think Jay Nakins is really good too. And, you know, maybe Akins brings some things athletically that Fletcher can't bring. Well, Fletcher's got got some shit to him, and he's got a bag. And he's going to get better in my eyes, too. Like, we're talking about Jay Nakins going into his third year, Fletcher Lawyer's going into his uh, second year, and he's already a Big Ten champion, Big Ten tournament champion, a starter for a top-five team in the country. Like, that's okay. that's special. It is. I, I guess I don't disagree with anything you said. I think that's more like, impact i was thinking more like how do their games one for one compare they like there's totally different archetype of players to me um like the fact that there is a comparison here in that sense to me is an indictment on how akins has been used at michigan state in my opinion akins is a super on ball dynamic guard that we just haven't seen be given the reins to do that fletcher lawyer is like john diebler with like a wonderful pull-up He's a killer. He's great. He's going to be one of the best shooters in the country one day if he actually makes shots. But Jay Nakins is like dynamic ball athlete that is just not and a, like a way better defender than Fletcher Lawyer, too. Like, I just I don't see the comp here other than they can shoot um, and like they both play off the ball because Akins has to and Painter is smart enough to use Fletcher off ball. I don't know. Uh, I guess but I was looking at Morgan back wise. Yeah, impact, they're both good ball. players, both very good starters. Good question, Sam Bourne. Thank you for the thought there. Ulamog uh, says, Carter looks very skinny over these Zoom recordings, but when there's men's league footage of budget Glenn Davis, something needs to be said. Am I budget Glenn Davis? I think that's what he's saying. All right, I need that. I mean, that, that seems a little harsh from Ulamog. You know, I, Ulamog DM me, set it up. We could play one-on-one. We, we might have to have a segment where the comment section can, you know, play me one-on-one. You've seen that thing that people can play like $600 to play Andre Drummond one-on-one. I'm going to start charging $5 to play me, and it's going to go to the sleepers fund, and you can play me one-on-one. You would feast i just want to say uh, put a little respect on cart please uh and by the way he looks skinny in the men's league footage as well okay wherever that camera is though does not do the wonders that your camera at home does i would just say because it's coming from the ceiling like, everybody looks off there i'm just saying i appreciate that thanks that, that boy from illinois says football is to blame for the realignment chaos what should have happened was football separating from the ncaa doing their own thing does anyone really care about Rutgers versus usc lacrosse game no uh yeah i think you're right i've seen a couple other people propose this i like the outcome but i don't th- i think it's it seems too difficult for the ncaa as an organization to actually do that to just like say okay football go away like I don't think that's realistic and probably why they didn't come to that outcome, but it would be best for fans if that is what happened. So we'll see. We talked about realignment last week. If anyone wants to go back and listen to it. And the final comment of the day, Nate Rhodes says the comment section was told to shit talk y'all. So here you go. You guys suck. Super conferences are a terrible idea. I get it is just for money, but I agree with Greg on this one. They shouldn't make the smaller sport athletes suffer with all the traveling just for football or basketball. Just man up and schedule those teams in the non-con. Any final thoughts from you, Cart? I just, I don't know. I'm so sick of talking about realignment. Like, I feel like it's been affecting people's days and daily lives when I let it go like two days ago. Like, it's happening. Like, get get over it. 
to be fair, this comment was from two days ago. So, oh, it was? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. we're just we're reading it three days. That's the classic, uh, you know, the the weekend comments day. So thank you, Nate Rhodes. Thank you to everybody from the comments. Good day in the comment section. Uh, let's get to our interview with GFED. Let's bring hopeful sleepers correspondent GFED onto the show cart. We welcome to the show GFED, internet sensation. TikTok superstar, sports fan, alum of my high school, Lansing legend. Uh, hopefully that's enough adjectives and nouns to describe you properly. But um, no, in all seriousness, I do want to set the table somewhat seriously for anyone listening to this who's like, why Why is this guy on the show? Uh, if you haven't discovered GFED yet, uh, I would recommend you start by searching him on TikTok. He's creating some of the best sports fan related content in the game right now. He has a bunch of different series that all, to me, are equally entertaining. But he's had a bunch of momentum recently with uh, what you would call the walk-on challenge, which is essentially trying to get into facilities at the Division One level, both football and basketball, just showing up, grinding, driving across the country, showing up on a campus and seeing where that takes you. And uh, it's taken you some very entertaining places, my friend. So full transparency again. Uh, Cart and I sort of we were consuming GFED's content uh, and sort of messaging each other back and forth of like we're pretty impressed by this. Like this, this reminds me of something that's both awesome and smart and blue collar grinding, and also like a little twist of like crazy enough that we might do this. Um, and you're very entertaining with how you do it, which is kudos to you. I don't think other people could could do this the way you do it and make it as good. So anyway, you were on our radar for a while of us sending each other these videos like this kid's crushing it. And then you actually shouted us out in a TikTok video. And uh, long story short, we've been talking back and forth the last couple of weeks. I alluded to it on Friday. Uh, we talked a little off camera about it, but there is an ongoing recruiting pitch going on right now. Um, with, through the years, we've had interest in expanding Sleepers Media in various forms, not necessarily adding a third person to the show, or anything like that, but um, there's been people who have asked to work with us in various ways, and uh, you are one of the first, if not the first, person that we actually made a phone call to and been like, hey, there's something here. Let's figure it out. So that's what's happening right now. We're in an active recruiting pitch with GFED. Uh, GFED very well may turn us down in a couple of weeks, but at the very least, he's on the show. We're going to interview him, get to know him a little bit more, and uh, hopefully it goes well and we can convince this man to be a regular in some capacity on the Sleepers Media Network. Is That that was long-winded, but it, did, did that properly capture things, GFED? Yeah, yeah, I think you did a good job. And um, before I get into anything, after all this high praise, which I greatly appreciate, um, with uh, some of the growth that I've been seeing on TikTok, a lot of different opportunities have come my way. Um, I've been wanting to do a podcast, um, as, at least as a guest, not hosting one, but as a guest. And um, this is the first one that I've done ever um, before any of this happened on TikTok, during it. And um, I choose Sleepers because this is legitimately one of the podcasts that I listen to more than anybody. Um, I have a high level of respect for everything they do at Sleepers. Um, even before this happened on TikTok, I was listening very consistently for years prior to this, before I even had an account, actually. Um, so I think it's smart to, you know, invest in the things that you buy. So my first appearance I wanted to make on Sleepers because hopefully I can bring some people into this podcast and hopefully you guys stick around after too. 
because these guys are just great at what they do. And I'm just honored to be um, on the same panel with them today. So thanks for having me guys. Looking forward to a great show. G Fed, first of all, that's just that's absolutely way too kind. And you're giving us way too much credit on this one. But I do appreciate it. And, you know, we're not going to beat around the bush because that's not what we do on this episode. So me and Greg are hanging off of a bridge. Right. And you got to keep one sleeper. Which one are you? Which one are you keeping? Because everyone who listens to sleepers, they have a favorite sleeper, you know, whether it's, you know, Greg's annoying them one week, you know, Carter's being too harsh on it. Do you have a favorite sleeper? And it's OK if you don't pick me. It's all right. I understand. No, dude, you're you're the tag team. What are you talking about? If if one of you got removed from this podcast and it was just just Carter or just Greg rambling for like an hour straight, I would not listen to that. You need the back and forth. You're like you're like Edge and Christian. You're like the Dudleys. Like one doesn't exist without the other. You need you need to be together. Okay, but now now Titus and Tate are hanging off a bridge. Which one do you save? Man. Yeah. Just, just asking every just asking every single podcast <laughs> on which one you're picking gfed didn't expect this it's okay you uh you already are well advanced beyond your years in uh media management clearly uh you successfully dodged a carter elliott question that's a good thing that's something that we would expect and uh require from anyone that we were interested in collaborating with so uh, let's just get into it for a little bit. Uh, again, I guess at the top, we'll say this at the end too and throughout, but at the top, like tell people who you are and sort of how this came to be. How did you even get into the world of creating content in sports? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm G fed as Greg introduced me as, um, my me and potatoes happens to be on TikTok. I'm on Twitter with the same handle too. Instagram at G fed go crazy. Um, but TikTok is where I, have built myself to be in this position in the first place. Um, I started making content March 2nd is when I started doing it on a daily basis. I had a few things, you know, on and off before that. Um, I thought some did pretty good for having like 50 followers at the time. So I was like, shoot, you know, um, this might be something that I can continue to roll out and continue to build into, you know, something that could have a decent following for and maybe make some money on the side as well. Um, I started that, I think it's surprising to a lot of people. I am a college basketball fan first, kind of like everyone at the sleepers is here. Um, I'm a huge college football fan too. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, I breaded my butter at the start with college basketball content. And, um, I was moving through that, um, for a few months. Some videos are really, really good for my following. Some of them sucked ass. They're all on my page for you guys to decide for yourself. Um, and one of the things that I started with in July was this high school basketball lore um, series that I was doing that I thought was, you know, gaining some pretty good traction for the, the following that I had at the time. I documented like, um, you know, being from Michigan, seeing Imani Bates, my perspective from that, and then kind of parlayed that into talking about Lansing Sexton. I'm sure there's a good Lansing following on this podcast. Everyone knows the 2012 team was crazy. And then after those videos did good, I started getting comments and, you know, other ones um, across the country, but I wasn't around for it. So it took a little bit more research to figure out um, so much so that um, I ran into a day on a work trip where I just did not have the time to research high school basketball in Washington state for like four hours and drop a video. So I um, improvised, had to make content that day. 
uh, went over to the University of Wyoming because, you know, prior to this challenge, it's always been something that I like to do. You know, even off camera, if I drive by a D1 campus, I like to check out the facilities. I like to see different stadiums. So I just recorded myself doing that at Wyoming. That seemed to do well. And then I came back to Chicago, where I'm based out of. Um, people wanted to see me do it at more places. I just skipped up to Evanston, went to Northwestern, and saw some success there. I already had my day planned out that I was going to work on content the whole time. So instead of, you know, just grinding research and, you know, grinding out a video behind a green screen like I was doing most of the time, I decided to just drive to Champaign instead and uh, make my third video on the walk-on challenge at Illinois. Um, at that point, either I was just going to be a crazy content creator that just went to Champaign for like 5,000 views and really turned this into something. And uh, we turned it into something from what I've been told. So um, we just continued striking while the iron's hot from there. Um, that Wyoming video happened July 12th, so we're about almost a month into kind of all of this unfolding. And um, yeah, a lot of big things have come my way. A lot of big things I think are going to be happening for the future. And um, I'm just excited and thankful to be in the position that I'm in. See, that's why I'm a big fan of your GFAT, because that's, I mean, Greg already alluded to it, but you're, you're just a grinder because I've been on my fair share of work trips and I've had my fair share of breaks on work trips. And I'm not going to lie, the first thing that comes to my mind is not, yeah, let's see if I can pull up on the University of Wyoming and walk around the facility. Sometimes I like to work in a nap, maybe throw in a nice little sports bet or something like that. But you, you're just built differently. I mean, obviously, I've consumed a lot of your content. I've been following along it's, as everybody, you know, kind of has. Um, when me and Greg did our cross-country thing, we found ourselves, like, finding things along the way, having, like, favorite facilities, things like that. Is there one that sticks out to you? I mean, you said Wyoming because that was kind of the first one. But is there one that was, like, maybe a little more special than the other ones? I mean, as far as being special – I mean, for, for the sake of, you know, good content, I think that the Eastern Michigan video was, I mean, that's the biggest one I've done so far. And that was just so surprising to me because I didn't think I was going to pull that out of a Mac school. But just the way the story unfolded with that one was super crazy. And I thought it was, was going to make a good video. It did. Um, I got a shout out because I think, honestly, my biggest following at this point is in Louisville um, for my video over there. Um, everybody on that campus um, around that community has showed so much love and um, I kind of like the idea of kind of picking up you know teams along the way that you know really get behind me and Louisville's been doing phenomenal with that so just seeing how they've reacted to me coming to their campus and you know shedding some light on how much I enjoyed their facilities and where they're at um, I was really a big fan of how that all, all unfolded as well so I think those are the two videos that really stick out to me is like, wow, like we we really did something here. So that I, celebrity softball game was crazy. I wanted to be there. Right? That's, yeah, that's it. So, I, couldn't be, I couldn't believe that there was not that many people there. And like, come on, man. Harlow, Taylor Brooks, with all due respect, like, come on, you got to pull okay. up to that. All right. I, I'm so happy you brought that up because I still feel like that video in comparison to the rest that I've done did not get the credit it deserved because I – so uh, I pulled up there and, um, okay, the funny thing is kind of the story before the story, I actually went to Louisville twice. Um, I was being really dumb one morning in a hotel because um, I had a video that was just stuck in processing and not um, uploading to TikTok. That happens like, you know, once in a blue moon with some of your content that you make on TikTok for people not familiar. 
And um, one of the tricks that they say is, you know, you just got to delete the ad, re-download it. So I literally rolled out of bed. I checked my ad. The thing still wasn't getting any views on it. So I was like, okay, let's just reset everything, turn it off and turn it back on again. Like that's going to fix everything. Um, and I totally forgot to recognize that when you do that, you actually delete your drafts. Um, cool. So my draft of the Louisville content, I was in Lexington at the time, by the way, too. So I was already, you know, came and went from that city. But I was like, man, um, I still got to get something out there. Luckily, when I was at Louisville the first time, I ran into people that actually recognized me for the first time on the walk-on challenge. I got somebody's number. And um, this same guy, I kind of told the whole thing. I was like, hey, I'm going to, like, come back around today to, like, redo this because, like, this is a good video. I want to make sure we can drop this. I'm not in Louisville all the time. So um, I'm just going to drive an hour back and make it happen. And he tells me that he's like, yeah, I'll be around today. I'm at this celebrity softball game that, you know, it's for like Jack Harlow. He only mentions Jack Harlow. So I'm like, okay, like Jack Harlow is easily the biggest Louisville celebrity. Um, it's probably going to be him and a bunch of people that maybe is locally famous. I like, I'm not going to know. Um, but, you know, I might be able to get Jack Harlow in a video. So I want to kind of pull up to this and see what happens. And this guy just underplayed what I walked into so much. The first person I see right as I walk in the door is Joey Chestnut. And then I look in the field, and I think I see Cole Bennett. He's there, too. Um, and then they got, like, Miss Kentucky. They got Jordan DeWara was there. Bunch of different, you know, alums of Kentucky and Louisville that just have major names. And I'm like, why, why did no one come to this? I paid 15 bucks to see, you know, someone that would sell out an arena for like triple that money plus like five other people, the notable names on top of that. So that was, that was just wild. I biggest side quest of the walk on challenge. I just happened to come into, um, that was just a crazy event. First of all, I just want to say that Carter, if you ever, if we ever get big enough to the point where you have the opportunity to do a sit down with Taylor Rooks, that will be the day that I depart from any business relationship with you because I do not want to be responsible for the things that you say in a sit down interview with Taylor Rooks. Just want to say that. What do you mean by that? I mean by that every time anyone sits down with Taylor Rooks, they say the most absurd thing ever. And those are like normal people with normal brains. Oh, if you sit down with yeah, like okay, it, the normal brains <laughs> comment was a little bit of too much of a jab. In my oh, I'm, you would you say the type of shit that like NBA players say with Taylor Rooks just on a Tuesday. So if you're like with Taylor Brown Rooks, talking about how he can dribble with his left hand in front of Taylor Rooks, like yeah, just completely like, You yeah. you would just get in a chair with her for five minutes and just be like, oh yeah, like I can go to the moon, and I'd just be like, all right, let's, let's <laughs> cut this off. Um, one of the questions that I had when I first discovered your videos before um, we actually got to talk to you at all. And I think this is a question a lot of people have that I think I've seen on some of your videos is do like, do the schools help you with this? Or is this truly like you're just showing up, you have no idea where you're going and you're making this happen? Yeah. Um, that's a very valid question. And something that I do get in my comments a lot. Um, this long story short, I do not get any help from the school unless I specifically say that I do. Um, like a, a good example of that is I got onto the Spartan Stadium field because I worked with somebody that actually I knew long before I was making content um, that worked on the athletic staff. That's like, hey, I got a key if you want, you know, like go around here. Um, so I do like to make this as authentic to like what a regular fan would do as I can um, to protect that. I don't use my, you know, 
I guess you could call it status around a college facility at this point to make it a better video unless I uh, clearly state that out. The one thing that might be a gray area to that that I have worked with a bit is um like, for example, for the Purdue video, um, I got reached out to by someone that works in Purdue athletics and um, we worked out when I was going to be there. And um, I didn't meet him until after the video. I didn't tell him when I was coming. I just told him I was going to be there. And um, that was for the sake of like, hey, you know, if something gets hairy with this situation, because I'm kind of doing something I'm not supposed to do, can you like, you know, cover my ass in case someone tells me like, you got to get the hell out of here type of thing. So um, that doesn't happen on every video, even videos I've done after the Purdue video. Sometimes I'll just say, I'll have a contact here. I'm going to send it anyways. Um, that's what I did in Kentucky. Um, but there is other times that I'm actually, I'm trying to do a little bit more often where I can get some sort of air coverage so I can continue a video and not get just sent out of there immediately. And you know what, me and Greg have a great relationship with Purdue comms and Purdue people. They're, they are, they are great people. They're very talented. They, they really are. I'm serious. Yeah. It's I, I agree. I, I love Purdue. Um, the guy that I worked with, his name's Landon. Um, he was great. And um, I also got to connect with them at Big Ten Media Days where I was able to see um, a fair share of, you know, athletes, coaches, whatnot. And they went out of their way, I would say, to help me out more than any other school there. So, yeah, shout out Purdue. Great people there. Great program. They're they're definitely my Big my, uh, Big, Ten, Big Ten West bandwagon this year in football. They're, they're going like that. The and you gave me a perfect segue when we talked about the Big Ten Media Day things because – Obviously, uh, I can't. When was that, Greg? When we went to our first Big Ten Media Day, was that? This must have been two full seasons ago. Now, two full seasons ago. It's yeah. and when I was watching your video, Jeep, it literally brought me back to when we did ours, and like we're like surrounded by you know the Lansing State Journal and the Detroit Free Press, and all these guys are trying to figure out what's going on with the season. And meanwhile, like I'm trying to ask Juwan if he like certified Lover Boy or Donda. So, like, what was that experience like being at that Big Ten Media Day? And also, I, I can't believe you dabbed up hardball. What's what's going on? Like, I understand you want the content, and it's great, and it's probably great for views. But, like, I would have hit hardball with, the you know, the like, one of these. Like, are you good, my boy? But I couldn't actually dab him up. What was that experience like at Big Ten Media Days, though? Uh, yeah, Big Ten Media Days, I, I think it went pretty similar to the way that you described it for me. Um, I felt like I was the only one there that wasn't a part of traditional sports media. And um, I actually got an invite. So um, one of the company that helped me out, they're, they're actually called Image of Sport and they do photography. So nothing even close to what I do as far as content wise. One of the person people there just happened to have a media pass um, for their company. And he likewise even on TikTok. So he just DM me saying like, we got to see what this guy does here. So um, he hooked it up for me. Shout out them. They're on Instagram if um, you guys want to check them out. But um, so I wasn't with like a normal media company. They kind of wanted me to do whatever I felt like doing. So that's how I went about it. Um, lots of, you know, button down shirts, lots of blazers around. Um, if you saw my content, I just pulled up an NWO shirt because I'm just there to, you know, crash a party and make some good content. <laughs> um, and uh, that's what we went after. I think that the first day I was a little too shy for what I should be doing. There's a lot of, you know, like, like I say, traditional media people that, you know, had jobs to do to ask real questions, get real, you know, content for all these pressers. And I was like, shoot, like, I, I feel so out of place right now. But um, as we got into the second day, 
that's kind of where we transition just you know like fuck it we ball and um go after whoever i can go find that we're going to be into a uh gfed tiktok and Everyone I talked to was super, super cool about it, especially the other media people and the players. They were great. Getting a coach, though, is tough. Their itinerary, which I'm sure you've seen going to media days yourself, um, is jam-packed. They're usually going to have a squad of like three to five other personnel with them. So I just went up to everybody and just said, hey, can I just say what's up? I mean, getting a question out of a lot of them, especially the ones that are kind of um, under some heat right now, like Harbaugh and P.J. Fleck. You know, they're looking to get blindsided. So I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm just trying to get you for five seconds and see what we can do. And um, when you when I came across that way, everyone seemed to be pretty cool about it. Um, I was I was even surprised a couple of times just how how willing they were. Harbaugh being one of them. That was the one where I was like, you know what, like he got in and out of there so fast and clearly to me didn't really want to be there to address what's going on. So I'm like, man. I don't think he's going to talk to me, but I might as well shoot my shot. So I did, and I made it. So that's definitely, what happened with Harbaugh. Yeah, definitely some pretty clean daps in there as well. And, you know, if Greg ever wanted to really put me under the Big Ten media day fired, like you talking about the first day you were nervous, brother, there's a clip out there where I'm pretty sure I forgot Coach McCaffrey's name while talking to Connor McCaffrey. And it's the most awkward thing of all time. And I made sure Greg didn't post it, but he probably still has the video saved on his phone for like a rainy day when it needs to come out. Yeah, I feel like I'm reliving specific memories of Carter and I's quote unquote like rise from being two idiot fans to like, oh, they can kind of do stuff in media now. And it's it's exciting, man. It's exciting to see somebody else kind of go through it the same way we are. Cause I, I haven't felt that way from afar watching anybody do it. I felt like we're very unique and um, yeah, a lot of parallels here, which is awesome. And the media day content was fantastic. I was dialed into it the whole time. Uh, very clean daps. That's something I hold myself to a very high standard for, by the way. So that must just be like, you know, white boy grew up in the Lansing Catholic system. Like there's something about that. We learned that a little bit at a young age. Shout out to Z Hearth. He's the one who taught me how to dap. Um, so <laughs> I've long had a theory. That's what Lansing taught me. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, a, you gotta have a clean dab around the L. Always. So I, I've long had a theory, uh, and this is from a personal experience before I even met Carter, actually, that if you just, if you pretend you're supposed to be somewhere, you can basically get anywhere. And this is a theory that I've held because one night I was at a, well, I, I don't even know how to tell the story without saying it. I was at a friend's debut, which is like a Filipino bar mitzvah basically okay this was in east lansing my senior year of high school the summer before college and like i was in a tuxedo as were 20 of my other friends at this big event at the kellogg center and the night ends where everybody else is like drinking dancing all the shit and me and my freshman roommate for college who were gonna move in in like two months we're like why don't we just go walk around campus a little bit so we start walking around east lansing campus in tuxedos and realize that there's lights on at the Breslin Center. We also realize we're in tuxedos. So we walk up, try to basically open all the doors. Everything was locked. And then through like the box, the ticket office, there was an open door. We walk through it. A janitor comes up and is just like, who the hell are you guys? And we were just like, oh, we're here for the event because we were in tuxedos. He's like, oh, go ahead. So we just had free access to the Brez, walked down on the court. Uh, Edong Ebok was in the weight room. It was like 11 p.m. on a Friday night. 
and Edong Ibak was just like lifting. So I, anyways, I've carried that theory for years that uh, if you just pretend you're you belong somewhere, you can likely get in there. Maybe there's a little hint of white privilege in that, but uh, do you think that that's do you think that that's a fair assessment? <laughs> um. To, to an extent, yeah. I mean, if, if you see my videos, I don't really try to, like, look the part to get anywhere. I'm honestly usually wearing a T-shirt and black Air Forces, which might be the opposite of looking like I belong somewhere. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that if you do anything confidently, it's always going to help your cause. I think, honestly, on my end, one thing that's helped me out, um, especially when I'm trying to stay at a stadium as long as I can more so than the walk-on challenge. Cause honestly for the walk-on challenge, I don't run into people as much as you think I would, I would say, but, um, I walk really, really fast, just like my natural walking pace. I'm, I'm just zooming. So, uh, I think that I, I am walking with a purpose and just kind of beelining spot to spot. People are a lot less likely to stop me and ask me questions. Um, especially if I look like I'm looking for something, which I am, I'm always looking for different points of content. So when I'm walking around, I'm by myself, I'm looking around, they're probably just like, Oh, like this guy has just like lost his friend or his girl or whatever. So, um, I think that, you know, having a good walking pace, I would also attribute to, uh, being able to get around places that you might not normally be able to get to. I do respect that. And I, I respect that Greg truly feels that way about acting like he belongs places. Because there's some places where I'm like, all right, like, we actually can't be here, Greg. And if we get found out here, it's not going to be okay. I'm not going to reveal those spots that we were at. But the kid really does feel like that. Uh, and G-Fed, I, I got, like, questions. I know Greg's going to hate this because a lot of them don't <laughs> contribute to what is actually going on. Are you 6'4 and above? Absolutely not. Are you – you got to be – Six, six, two, six, three. No, no. All right. Actually, I actually gave you away. Carry, you carry yourself. You carry yourself like just. You carry yourself like you're six four. I feel like if, if I'm watching the TikTok videos, I'm you're giving like six four lanky. I'm just. I'm here. I, I would have guessed six one. I would have guessed six one. All right. I actually, I did a height reveal in my Ralph Arena video. Um, <laughs> so listening. if you want to, if you want to check that out, um, you can see what my height is. But I'll, I'll spoil it. Because I am the worst height that you can be. I am six foot zero, like legitimately six foot zero. And nobody believes you when you're six foot because everyone that's five ten and five eleven ruined it. So that's I give you my honest height. They're like, there's no way you're six foot. You're lying to me. And I, I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. This guy's five eleven. He's right next to me, and I'm taller than him. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, well that also works yeah, because if, it, if this if this does happen, you know, when I pull up with the Nick Saban bag and there's a Hellcat in your uh your your apartment <laughs> complex driveway or something like that, we're the perfect height, and we'd be great for threes if we're hooping. That's that's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> we just getting a full blown recruiting pitch from Carter now on yeah, camera. I'm just saying. Why not? Uh, yeah, we, we need to drop the NIL bag is the point. But um, listen, man, G-Fed has a lot of opportunities. We're going to give him his time to make a decision. But uh, the chemistry is working from my end, I would just say. I would just say we, we like G-Fed on the show right now. We'd like to get him more involved in various ways. And uh, back to the beginning. Now we are going full-blown pitch just to fully spell it out. This is just a full-blown pitch on camera, G-Fed. Uh, there, there are some things we could help G-Fed out with, too. We get him in the college basketball world a little bit more. So, uh, anyways, comment section, our comment section. If you're enjoying this, if you want to see G Fed more on videos, let him know. Because if we have like a hundred people saying we want more G Fed, then it's going to be harder for G Fed to turn all of this down. 
Um, also, we said we were going to do a, a segment here. We're going to advance our episode a little bit beyond just the interview. So I do want to talk to you about Michigan State. But uh, my final interview style question for you before we flip to talking about the Spartan backcourt. Um, what What's next, I guess, right? Because all this stuff's coming your way. There's brands that want to work with you, including Sleepers Media. And I I can relate to a feeling of being a content creator who found something that works and having this underlying fear that people might not see of like, I don't want to just be known for this. I'm not saying you probably feel that. And I, I like, I've seen enough of your stuff to know whatever you do next is going to be great. But is there like an element mentally for you of like, what do I do outside of the walk on challenge? Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to be beyond this? Um, and how does that work as you like map out your content strategy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I dive into that, let me say too, you guys do not want me hooping. Um, even though I am six foot, I, uh, I play like a center. I actually ended my basketball career because I grew up very tall and de- developed no guard skills, which, you know, the six foot center on varsity basketball is not going to cut it. So this is uh, even better for Carter because Carter plays like a guard and doesn't want to be a center. So if you're yeah, our center yeah, now, it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> I can, I can play point center. I'm a good passer. I can play point center, but um, once I get, get on D we might, we might need to switch off cart. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as what, what's next, um, yeah, I, I do understand that what I'm doing has somewhat of a shelf life, especially once students get back on campus. Um, I'm still going to probably try my hand once that happens. But, you know, I think between that and also just getting a bigger following and moving in silence is getting just harder and harder. Um, I'm probably going to switch a few things up um, probably by the start of the college football season. And as that comes around, I mean, I think that what a lot of people like from my content that I really tried to establish is I want people to scroll up, see my face and think that I can be anywhere at any time with anybody. So that's, that's kind of like the big picture of what I want to continue to do. Just kind of pop around to different universities, um, maybe some pro arenas as well. Um, I think I can go deep into like an NFL NBA bag, even, even baseball, like I've been doing. So um, just being feet on the streets a lot and um, working with that. Hopefully I can, you know, work with some companies that can comp some travel to lower the expenses of doing this a little bit. But uh, um, continuing to do that, I think that's just kind of lame that people on TikTok or really anywhere aren't doing as much, at least independently. So I think that the angle of, you know, doing this from a fan's perspective and not, you know, being contracted out by like Fox or ESPN to cater to whatever they're trying to do on their game day experience, kind of do something, you know, more independent, more catered to my following and um, more just like ca- catching the ambiance of, you know, what like a game day looks like, what some of the traditions look like, um, working with some people that are, you know, pretty big within their own communities. As far as the social media following, I feel like every university has like, you know, there are like dozen or so people that are really, really big within the niche of like whatever football or basketball program they talk to. And, um, would be someone that I'd be good to work with. So um, kind of building out that schedule for this college football season, something I've been looking to do um, in the last couple of weeks here. Um, I got my first game on the books. Louisville did invite me back for the Louisville Notre Dame game. So I will be there in October. And um, obviously looking to do something at, you know, some of my favorite teams like Michigan State, hop around the big town a little bit more. And um, 
I think, you know, going on, on a national level too, maybe get to at least one game from every power five conference would be a good goal to have. So um, just kind of building that out, building those relationships with universities and seeing what I can do independently and what I can do with a little bit of help and um, just kind of molding that into an experience that no one's really providing in the sports media space right now. Love it. Well, you're, you're crushing my friend. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you know, we're here as fans first and foremost, but also here to support and help as people that have gone through it and, uh, just, just big fans of what you do and excited to see where you take it next. So tell the people where they can, uh, find you. And then we are going to talk Michigan state with you briefly before we let you go, but, um, where, where can people find you and, and all of your content? Yeah. Um, so once again, the meat and potatoes of what I'm doing is on TikTok. That's where I have my largest following by a pretty wide margin. I'm at GFed33 over there. And then um, as I'm working on my TikTok, that's kind of gotten its stride hit now. I'm trying to build out a few other platforms. So I'm also GFed33 on Twitter and then Instagram. Someone took my GFed33 handle, which I had at one time before I was making content and then I lost it. But I'm, I'm GFed go crazy there now. And um, on those platforms, I try to do some more like between the line stuff with what happens on the, the main page. So if you want to get more content from me, that might not be necessarily exactly what I'm doing every single day on TikTok. I try to make everyone's follows worth it on every platform. So I think there's some good stuff to be had there. But those are the three main spots that I'm at right now. G-Fed go crazy. Goes crazy. But you might have to change it because sometimes people get upset with you. Remember G like people were tagging me and like, yeah, who's big washed. I had to, <laughs> I had to button up, I had to button up my, uh, my image. A yeah. I've been, uh, I've been fighting the urge to change G Wizzy for years. Like there have been many people who have told me to change that. And I'm, I'm holding on to a very last string of that, but, uh, Hey, keep it as long as you can be my advice. G fed go crazy. Goes crazy as a handle. I, uh, <laughs> if, Go ahead. if I do anything, I was actually thinking about doing everything. GFED go crazy. Not going to lie. I mean, I, I think I'm past the point of needing the 33. That's kind of what someone that doesn't have a platform was as their username. That's what I did before I had a platform. Um, so it's in the back of my mind to, to transition that. So um, maybe there's a good way to pull the, the comment section if they think um, I should go full GFED go crazy or just keep the, the GFED 33. Um I like to get the feedback there, so let me know, guys. Be my vote might might hit a character limit with sleepers correspondent G Fed. Otherwise, that would get my vote. But uh, <laughs> hey, we'll see, we'll see. All right, uh, let's talk Michigan State. So, G Fed, you are a Spartan fan, correct? Correct. Uh, Carter is also a Spartan fan, so I'm I'm outnumbered two to one here. But I want to talk about AJ Hogard. Two weeks ago, I came on this very program and said that I've been too hard on A.J. Hogard, and I think I'm actually underrating the Spartan backcourt, and that includes A.J. Hogard. That primarily is because of A.J. Hogard. The thought there from my end was that I've basically written off his whole career up until now. I've said you can't be on a winning team with A.J. Uh, I saw some tape two weeks ago of him. He, his body just looked totally different. He looks like he lost a ton of weight, put on muscle, and just looks like a completely transformed man uh every highlight i've seen from moneyball and beyond has been electric this summer highlights in the summer typically are electric but aj looks really good well fast forward to this weekend when i believe it was the chris paul camp carter is that what it was it was the chris paul camp where uh the quote-unquote elite best point guards in the country are invited 
there were a lot of names here. A lot of guys who are going to play in the NBA, Jared McCain, one of them, one and done type. And then a lot of veterans that have played at the college level were there, including AJ Hogard. I'm not going to lie. When I saw the list of invites, I was a little surprised AJ Hogard got the invite. Well, Jonathan Gavoni puts a minute and a half long video out of AJ just dominating this event, uh, defending DeMar DeRozan and locking him down, getting a steal. The best part of that clip to me was he didn't even like smile when he got the steal. He just ripped DeMar DeRozan and was locked in going down and transition the other end. He was hitting jumpers. He was hitting step backs. He was hitting fadeaways, finishes, no look passes, all of this shit that uh, we've seen in flashes from AJ Hogard through his career but never all together. And Spartan fans are rightfully so going crazy. So, Cart, let me throw it to you first here. First of all, how excited are you about the AJ Hogard developments here? How for real are they? Because I know you've had an up and down relationship with AJ as well. And um, just where, where does this swing anything for you? Does this change how you're viewing the Michigan State backcourt? I, I think that it does just in a sense of I'm actually buying into the fact that like his body does look like like noticeably different and he does look like he's in great shape and AJ is going to be one of the older players on this team and in just college basketball landscape in general AJ Hogar is going to be up there in age he's played a lot of basketball games he's done a lot of things and for me personally I don't know if it's ever been necessarily a talent issue with AJ because you look at his career no, just okay. First of all, don't make spaces. Make faces when I'm in my monologue, Gregory. Okay, let me talk. Let me let me say my. Piece. I'm gonna make faces in your monologue. That's fine. Okay, but I'm saying he's made strides as far as he wasn't necessarily a really good free throw shooter. That was a bad part of his game. He increases his free throw percentage this past year, and he's done some things as far as you know being that player that makes the assist, has the high assist rate percentage stat that everybody loves. But the thing with AJ for me is that it's just the inconsistency part of it. It's like we can get what he was showing at that camp. AJ can play like that. AJ has had games where he is, you know, locked up really, really good college basketball players and NBA players. I've seen, you know, we saw the clip of him, you know, clamping up DeMar DeRozan. He also had games where he did that against guys like Jaden Ivey, had him in hell. Like he has the ability to do that. The thing is, it's so many peaks and valleys with him as far as where he's at. You know, it's when he's met with adversity in my eyes on the basketball court and things aren't going well for him, I think he lets it affect his play way too much. And when things are going great, he's talking shit, he's slapping the floor, he's yelling out, I'm here, I'm WAP, everything's great. It's just a we're going back to the middle word, I feel like. I just Wappenheimer. Him, yeah, WAP, he just needs to just be a little bit more middle consistent, not so like peaks and valleys, and the valleys are you know, him on the bench in hell and Izzo is chirping him out and he's <laughs> just ignoring it. Like that was, I can't get that image out of my head. I really can't. So it's, it's good to see. I do agree with you. The fact that I think people are being a little bit too harsh on AJ Hogarth. Like he's the last person that's mentioned. I feel like when you talk about Michigan state and what they're going to and like what they're going to do for the rest of the season. Yeah. He always needs to keep his finger on the button you don't want to see the atomic bomb go off with AJ Hogard. That's how I view it. Like you want, you want the threat of that to always be there. That's what makes him special. You don't want the bomb to go off. Um, okay. Does that scare you? You said something really interesting there. You said like, it's about peaks and valleys. When things go poorly, it almost always swings back in the other direction for AJ. When he's on top of the world, it usually comes crashing down. To me, this is the most near the top of the world A.J. Hogard's ever been. He has Jonathan Gavoni saying he just dominated the Chris Paul camp. 
and is an NBA breakout potential guy. Is this going to come crashing down, G-Fed? Like, it, given all we know about A.J. Hogarth, I feel like it's it's great in the moment. Should we be scared this is going to crash down to earth? I, I'm i feeling pretty optimistic about what we can do um, as far as A.J. goes into, into the coming season. Um, I think there is definitely a trend with MSU guys where, you know, that senior season, that senior moment is always gets the most out of them. Um, AJ Hogard is has, having that season on the horizon. So um, I do expect to see a little bit of a leap, which is pretty scary to think about because he already saw some really, really high moments last season. I mean, the game he had against Kansas State was one of the best we ever, we've seen from AJ, and that was the last game of the year. Um, like Card was saying, we need to see some consistency. I'm not surprised that he could tear up a camp. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised that the next camp that he went to we hear reports that he just completely shit the bed and um, we, uh, we do see that crash down. Um, will that happen in season? Um, at some point, Izzo teams always have their ebbs and flows. I'm sure we're going to have a rough patch with AJ Hogarth at some point, but um, I, I think, I mean, the only way you can really take this is positive, right? Um, from what I can see, but um, at the same time, I'm not the one to put too much stock into off-season footage I've seen a lot of those come out that have not amounted to too much um and I've seen AJ do a lot of this stuff not against you know DeMar DeRozan of course but um against some pretty high level big 10 players so um the big thing for me that I'm waiting to see that's going to make me really turn um in a positive direction on AJ is seeing um some some shots from outside fall at a pretty high level um that to me is the one piece that he's missing from his game to really be like that NBA upside guy that we see. Um, I've always th thought offensively, AJ Hogard kind of plays like James Harden if James Harden had a broke jumper. So um, if you can kind of fix that and get in like a poor man's version of that, um, yeah, I think that would be worth a pick in the draft. But um, that's what I need to see. I, I'm laughing because th I think that's actually a fantastic comparison, but I'm also laughing because I think that's probably my least favorite basketball player to ever exist. A like James, <laughs> James Harden without a jumper is like if you could Frankenstein monster my nightmare player, it would be that player, which makes sense looking back on the years of how I've treated AJ Hogard. Like, I can't believe I haven't thought of that comp. Uh, Card, I want to go back to pick one thing out you said. You said um, it's not been a talent thing with AJ. I think I just disagree harshly there. And I, I say that as someone who's really impressed with what I'm seeing this summer. Like, the, I'm buying that the jumper might be real which might change the way NBA teams view him and it might change his entire basketball future. It also might change Michigan State's team this year. Like if AJ Hogard's a legit shooter, then that team's probably unstoppable. Um, but it definitely has been a talent issue to me in the past. There just isn't a market for how tall is he? Six three? A six three guard. Six, okay. He basketball six, reference, four. I think, is six three. Oh. Six six three, six four. There isn't a market for a guard that is a career 32% three-point shooter that's that big. Like there just isn't. And especially not but, but when, I'm not but I'm not talking I'm not talking about NBA. That's that's not the thing I'm talking about. I thought like, what AJ, you I thought what AJ. you said was his, his the fact that he hasn't been an NBA guy has been has not been a talent issue. No, no, no. I think that I was talking more so to the fact that I think that he hasn't like hit that moment with Michigan State because I don't think it's a talent thing. I think it's I think it's more of a mental hurdle. Got it. Okay, then I totally agree there, and I have no pushback, my friend. Great yeah, like, point. <laughs> I, I, like, I love it. I, 
okay, I'm not as hard on AJ as you are. And I had had my moments with AJ and, you know, kind of where I've been feeling about him. But even after like that clip of, you know, Javoni released and what he's been doing, like that's still not an NBA player to me. Like that's maybe like I'm in the fifties. I'll take a, I'll take a chance and I'll just grab AJ Hogard, a, a point guard that can pass. But like this isn't like shooting him up draft boards in my eyes. Like I'm yeah, I'm more I'm more so looking at what he's doing now and how that's gonna affect Michigan State college basketball season. Nothing beyond that. I think it's really important that he is on the radar because I just I would have if the over under was a half a tweet that Gavoni ever mentions AJ Hogard, I would have hammered the under and I would have lost my money on that. But it, it's not super meaningful. Like He's not on mock drafts for next year. Again, he's a 22-year-old point guard who has rarely ever made a three-pointer. And like, and again, people are going to listen to this and be like, he shot 33% last year from three. There's different types of three-pointers. A.J. Hogard was pretty much wide open on all the threes he took last year and shot 33%. And that's a great improvement. He took a lot of strides there because historically he was shooting 21% from three on wide open threes. It's different than being a shooter when they leave you wide open and you make that number. Um, Can I all right. ask you guys an A.J. Hogard question to wrap this up? Yeah. Um, as, as a fan of the show, I'm curious what your opinion is. Vegas odds that A.J. Hogard is – drafted in the 2024 draft i think it'd be like plus you know there's so much things that go on with guys who get drafted plus 350 that he gets drafted yeah i'm gonna say plus my my brain initially went to plus 400 and i i might be being a little too harsh so i like cart's number plus 350 i would you touch that cart would you bet plus 350 aj gets drafted uh no okay unfortunately all right yeah i think that's fair um yeah la last thing from me on this some people were tweeting that uh michigan state may have three all americans on this team three in the backcourt i saw a tweet that said we may have three all americans in the backcourt your comments on that cart they really think jeremy fierce is gonna have that great season <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get somebody first team all conference first before we just we have just, three all Americans. It is okay to be happy with like clips and things like that without just absolutely overreacting. Like we don't always have to lose our minds to the fact that you know finish Kenny Goins goes four for four for three for the Michigan Wolverines. Hey, like, we don't have to do that. That's for a different video. Okay, this is about your backcourt. This is not about my front court. Uh, G Fed, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. You crushed it. Um, I, I hope this isn't the last time we get you on the show. You have an open invite, so I'm sure we'll keep talking about this. But good luck to you on your travels. Uh, everybody, I'm sure, will enjoy this and click the follow button and hopefully become fans of yours and uh, vice versa with us. We hope your fans enjoyed us today. So thanks for coming on the show, man. We appreciate you. Yep. Thanks for having me, everybody. Um, I had a great time. I think that, you know, we can continue to improve in this podcast space. And uh, this is a good start. Um, I actually just bought a microphone that I'm not using and a camera. So hopefully I come with some better quality next time. But uh, yeah, I think that this is good to get, you know, everything off out in the open that I wanted to about some of the stuff that I'm doing. And I'm hoping to do more stuff like this in the future. So thanks for having me. Of course. Make sure you monitor your uh, your mailbox over these next couple of weeks. Um, I don't know. Something might show up in there. All right. Illinois. Do it. 
All right, thank you to GFED. Everybody go follow him. Uh, like we said at the top, hopefully that isn't the last time GFED is on the show. Open invite from RN. And there's still work to be done with the recruiting pitch, but uh, enlightening conversation there. How'd you think that went, Cart? Did you, did you enjoy GFED's presence on the show? Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm a person who, when I, you know, see something, I fall hard. Okay, so like if we don't get GFED, I'm going to be distraught. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to go well. I'm not going to go lightly. I'm not going to just move on from it. It's going to take some time. And it's going to take a toll on me. So, you know, not to put pressure on him, but he will affect me mentally in a negative way if it doesn't happen. Let us know in the comment section too, please. Uh, that This is not me fishing for comments. I actually want actual feedback on this. Like, do you want GFED involved under the sleepers umbrella? Do you think this is a stretch? Like I, I can be talked out of my idea that I think GFED should be a collaborative partner with us in some way. Um, let us know. Did you like that? Did you not like that? Who knows? That was a unique segment for us. And uh, we're all in on this mentally. Card and I are. So uh, if we shouldn't be, let us know. Sleepers Nation. Let's talk about Illinois, Cart. Spain trip is underway. They had their first game against the Madrid All-Stars. I've been trying desperately to find a Madrid All-Stars roster. Can't find one. What I did find is that Nebraska played this team and beat them by four a couple days ago. Um, Illinois... <laughs> I got some shit from Twitter. I think that's where this starts for me. Uh, I went on the sleepers account and made a few jokes at Illinois expense. Surprise, surprise. I swear. I'm not like, I'm not trying to troll at this point. I'm really not. I just found what happened with Illinois coverage of this game. Hilarious. Like first off, they started a walk on named AJ red, who I did not even know exists until the Illinois Twitter account tweeted out their starting lineup for this game. AJ Red's in the starting lineup along with Ty Rogers, Taryn Shannon, Coleman Hawkins, and Luke Goody. So like four starters and AJ Red. Like what? Uh, you go to ESPN profile AJ Red. It's a picture of RJ Melendez. <laughs> like <laughs> I was cracking up, so I tweeted about it. Then uh, after that, uh, Illinois' official Twitter account tweets out a halftime update. It's the first tweet. No in-game updates. They just tweet out halftime update in Madrid. Illinois down two points at half. Then 30 minutes later, they delete that tweet, which I found hilarious. Like you can't tweet a score that has you down by two and then delete it. Come to find out hours later, they deleted it because they were actually wrong about the score. So I'm, some intern probably posted this and got it wrong. Illinois was up two at half, not down two. So look, do I look stupid in hindsight for making jokes about this? Maybe. Do I care? No, I still find it hilarious. that Illinois official Twitter account like is deleting tweets that say they're trailing in Madrid. That's so funny to me. Point is, uh, Illinois goes on to win this scrimmage cart. There were a lot of takeaways. First off, they didn't shoot the ball well, uh, but there were some positives here. We are going to talk about some positives as well. And uh, ultimately, they won the game against the Madrid All-Stars by a score of 84 to 73. So we did not get footage of this. We fished around. There was no footage shared with us. We haven't seen it. We only read the box and we've seen highlights. What are your first impressions of this Illinois basketball team? You know, I'm going to stay on the positive side here. From the highlights that I saw, Dane Danger's still a monster. Uh, I got my dangers on flashbacks. Uh, that's still definitely a thing. That dude is, I think, a lot more skilled, too, than he gets credit for. Like, I think he can do a lot of things. He's not just, like, a guy who overpowers you. He actually has a very, a variety of, like, actual post moves and counters, but while also being a massive human being. So 
He's very impressive. Just straight box score watching. Sincere Harris was filling up the stat sheet all over the place. I believe he had five steals in this game, which kind of goes along the lines of Sincere kind of becoming that player who's like a utility guy, I think, who plays extremely hard, picks up full court, him being that guy. And then the last thing I'll say, three for 25. Obviously, that number sticks out to you. But what I will say is that dipping into my previous years of, you know, playing D3 basketball at Alabama in college. It's hard to shoot overseas. It's hard to shoot overseas. No, no, no. It truly, it's not hard to shoot overseas, but like you're doing this trip, you're going across the country, you're flying like what, 15 something hours. Time change. These gyms are usually stupid hot. The floors are sometimes shitty, like stuff. around. There's a lot of outside elements that make this kind of hard to shoot. And this is their first game in this setting, in this gym. I could see, you know, shooting being difficult, to be honest with you. I also wouldn't be surprised if they came back next game and shot a lot better than this. I don't think it should be a, holy shit, you know, this team's not going to be able to shoot at all during the season. We're, we're screwed. Like, I think that the thing is, it, it might flip around. I wouldn't go into full-on panic mode yet. And I feel like you might be different in, in this sense. It's not a full-on panic mode. I'm going to try and be measured with this, but they can't shoot worse. Like, talking about they might come back and shoot better. They they cannot shoot worse than 3 for 25. For I mean, I, I, they can't. <laughs> Good. They, they won't. Um, I thought there were a lot of positives here. I'm going to start with you as well on the positives. I think you were right to lead with Dane Danger. He led everybody in scoring 16 and 15, I believe. Uh, we've always been Dane Danger fans. The other thing is he did that in 19 minutes. Like, imagine if he played 35 minutes. I don't know what his condition is like at this point. But, like, if Dane Danger is just the every rep center for this team, like, <laughs> that production would have been, like, 28 and 20. Um, and I think he's capable of doing that in the Big Ten, like uh, maybe not 2020s. But I think like if Illinois wants Dane Danger to be a 30 minute guy, I think he is good enough to be an all Big Ten center. I really believe that. I think we've seen that last year's team didn't want to use him in that role. They wanted him to be like a 20 minute guy and sometimes play Coleman at the five. I have no idea what Illinois is going to do with that this year. He's got to be good defensively, but. Uh, I think he's a good enough rebounder and he has the offensive game for that to happen. That's why when we did our lineups last week, I had Dane Danger in my starting lineup. Um, I don't believe you did. I think you had Coleman at the five, which I think the the reality is going to fall in between us. Like some games, Dane's going to start. Some isn't. I hope, I think it's best for Illinois if they just pencil him in as a starter and play him in 30 minutes. Um, Next, you called out sincere Harris. He was incredible. And again, this is a lot of just box score reading. There were some highlights you could see of sincere in this game, but I feel like he's the forgotten guy. When we talk about like guys that are going to take jumps, everybody's talking about Ty Rogers because they're putting Ty Rogers in front of a microphone repeatedly to be the voice of this team. He's a point guard. Ty, Ty, Ty sincere was pretty damn good last year. Like he didn't do anything crazy, but like as a freshman off the bench, big 10 guy goes sincere really pop defensively. And like had a lot to him that would make me think, oh, for the next three years, he's going to be a nightmare for teams. The the most impressive thing about Sincere in this game was he led the team in shot attempts, Car. He had 14 shot attempts. He went six for 14. Nobody else on the team had more than 10. So like there was a lot of talk. There were interviews with with Sincere where he talked about like, I need to not be a liability anymore. Like I, I have owned the fact I wasn't good enough offensively. I didn't have anything to provide offensively last year. And if Sincere's a legit offensive guy on this team, I don't think he comes off the floor. Like he's he's that good defensively that like 
maybe you're not searching for whether it's point guard or something like he's at least a 30 minute guy at the two. If he has an offensive package that he didn't have last year. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, we spent so much time, including other people like on this podcast, staking our claim as far as us believing in Ty Rogers, like just, just Ty Rogers work ethic, Ty Rogers, the player, Ty Rogers, the person we believe in betting on that guy to improve. Sincere Harris is one of those guys, too, because everything about his mentality, his work ethic is a guy that makes you want to bet on that guy that he will improve in areas. So, you know, maybe it's going under the radar, but, and you know, a guy like Harris, he's I think he's wired as well to where he's like, you know, why aren't they talking about me getting better? Like, I'm going to put in the work. Like, I'm going to make things happen. I'm not going to be a liability on the offensive end for this team, like you stated. So, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a positive uh, uh, reaction to have. I think he is somewhat of the forgotten guy when people are talking about Illinois this year. Yeah. Also, like, not to do a one-for-one comparison, because Sincere is wired totally different. He fits the culture of this team, all of that. You're not worried about anything with him. But, like, the fact that Sincere Harris looked really good and productive in this game kind of brings me back to why, like, I was so adamant that it was going to be impactful that Illinois lost some of their young guys. Like... I think you should have wanted to get Jaden Epps back and Jaden Epps probably looks pretty good in this environment if he's on this team because guys make a jump from freshman to sophomore year and it's helpful to get those guys back. Now I get why Epps had to go. I'm not saying it was a bad thing anymore, but um, it just reminded me of that. Like, oh, sincere Harris popped in this game. Wouldn't it be nice if they had another young guy that could have came back with him? Um, We do have to talk about some of the negatives and for the shooting thing, three for 25 from three. The more concerning number, because that's just like an outlier. Okay, they didn't shoot well for a game. That's bad, but it's that happens. They shot 17 for 31 from free throw. That number scares me almost more than the three-point does because, like, I have a hard time, like, on a sample size of 30 free throws, the whole team shot poor. Like, you can go down the list of guys who shot poor from the line. Dane Danger was two for six from the free throw line. Starting point guard Ty Rogers didn't attempt a three-pointer and was one for five from the free throw line. Uh, a bunch of other guys were one for two and split one and ones, including Sincere Harris, Drake Gibbs-Lawhorn, Moretti. Like, I, that's just, like, that's a sign of this team's just not very good at shooting to me. And the three-pointers thing was Shannon and Hawkins. Like, it was everybody, but Shannon and Hawkins were combined 0 for 10. We know that Shannon and Coleman can shoot. Like, so I'm not worried about that number in a crazy way, but I am rolling my eyes at everybody that came at my Twitter mentions and on the comment section all summer when I said, I don't understand how Illinois got better at shooting. You replace Matthew Meyer with a bunch of guys who can't shoot. You put Ty Rogers in the lineup how is how is your team getting better at shooting when you have a guy who doesn't attempt threes and can't make a free throw? Like your team is not going to be good at shooting. So I do feel like I get a small victory lap even on day one of summer on that. Like every, across the board, Illinois fans were like, "We got way better at shooting." No, you didn't. Like this is going to be a consistent conversation, even if they shoot better next game for the rest of the season on if Illinois can make shots. But you got to think like they're like you just said, Shannon will be able to hit shots. Coleman will be able to hit shots. Luke Goody's going to be able to hit shots. The main core. Luke Goody did hit shots. I mean, he but he's their sniper. He went two for six. Well, um, that, but that's what I'm saying. He went two for six. I, that's a, that's an off game for Luke Goody. Like that's the, the team outside of Luke Goody shot one for nineteen from three cart. Yeah, it's not. It's, I mean, it's definitely not ideal. But I mean, also five of those attempts 
came from Sincere Harris, and I don't even think he'll be attempting or he should be attempting threes. Yeah, but the flip zone there is I, I think it's a good thing he was attempting. Like if, if Brad's given him the blessing to shoot five threes in a game, that bodes well for me from Sincere. Well, on these trips, you should have the blessing to do whatever the hell you goddamn please. Like that, that's what these are for. Like it is a green light. It is a blessing. Go do stuff. Go work on stuff. Uh, other other stuff for me, I think Luke Goody looks like a starter. I just want to say that. Like, we saw a couple highlights that involved Luke Goody and just reading his box score. Like, I think he's going to be productive in this role. And, again, this team desperately needs shooting. Even if he doesn't make shots at an elite level, he's going to shoot. Like, he's going to find his way onto the floor. Um, Brad very clearly said, we're going to play everybody the same in this game other than AJ store or AJ red. I'm sorry, who played six minutes, um, but got the start. Everybody else just 21 ish minutes down to like 14 ish minutes. He just cycled guys through. I think that's what you should do in the summer. That's good. Um, we got to talk about point guard, man. I read the Ty Rogers line, but I want to read it again. Cause I, I'm terrified right now. Three for five from the floor. Good. Zero three point attempts. Bad. One for five from the free throw line. Horrible. Uh, he had four fouls. Iffy. Seven points. Two assists. Three turnovers. Zero blocks. Zero steals. I, I mean, that... I'm sorry. I, that's the guy we saw last year. Yeah. Like, that's that guy can't be your starting point guard if you have any hopes of being anything. And uh, maybe that changes. Again, it was one game, and we didn't see the full game. But I'm going up and down this list. There's a lot of other guys I'd like to see play quote unquote point guard that aren't Ty Rogers based on what happened well, in this game. Well, that's what scares me even more because you go down the box list again or box score again, and you're like, okay, well, maybe Terrence Shannon can kind of take the bulk of the, you know, ball handling duties. He has five turnovers in this game. Um, you know, Sincere Harris himself, three turnovers in this, you know, so it's just three turnovers, no assists. So I, it's definitely something that doesn't make you feel good. I don't want to use the alarming word, but yeah, this is what you're getting like for the rest of the year or rest of whatever's going to happen. You you should be, there should be a cause for concern. You definitely want to see a bounce back game from time the next game. Card that's maybe crazy, but bounce back for sure. 21 assists to 10 turnovers or I'm sorry, flip that 21 turnovers to 10 assists. Yeah. Not ideal. I mean, that's, can we just that that's a team okay. that that's a team that doesn't have a point guard is what it is. Like if you had anybody that's a point, and that's just why I screamed about it all offseason, guys. It's why I gave you a D. Just get a point guard. Like it's insane to me. They also, I mean, just such this is such an interesting box score, man. Zero blocks for the team. Are we worried about rim protection at all? Like Dane's not a rim protector. But the, the more or less, this is the same front court they had last year, except Matthew Meyer was a pretty good shot blocker. Yeah, Coleman's a pretty good shot blocker too. Matthew Meyer learned how to block shots from Coleman. Don't forget that. <laughs> so we're we're not worried about the blocks. That was just like a one random game thing. No, I also would bet any money that if I could watch that game film, there was a block. <laughs> okay, well that's they they got so much of everything else though, like sixteen steals and zero blocks. Somebody just wasn't tracking blocks. I would um, like to know. I, it is interesting to know who keeps these box scores because it can be different depending on who keeps them. That is that's definitely a thing. I'm also, I wish they would have put the Madrid All-Stars box out. Like, Illinois' team couldn't put those. They just not want us to read the names of who's on the Madrid All-Stars. Um, last thing for me, I think Damask uh, is important to this team. And 
I downplayed that all offseason. I think at one point I I had a coming to Jesus moment of like I've been too harsh on Damask. Want to be very clear, especially after seeing the early returns. Damask matters for this team. He didn't play in this game. He's out with an injury. They need his shooting <laughs> desperately. They need him and Luke Goody to be guys that can shoot four threes a game and make two. And uh, Luke Goody can do that. Right now, he's the only guy on the roster that can do that. So Damask, I think, will play a larger role than I admitted, even if he can't do anything but shoot, just because they need guys that are shaped like shooters that shoot the basketball. Uh, we did hear from a couple of people that were there. We uh, we asked, like, what's the takeaway? Positively, negatively, all that. One of the positives we heard people say was that Gibbs Lawhorn looked great. That maps with what we have kind of alluded to. We've heard rumblings of this. We've seen some practice tape of it. Uh, his box score doesn't scream anything crazy to you. In fact, he only played 11 minutes in this game cart. That's tied for the second lowest of this entire group with Amani Hansberry, the other freshman. Uh, but he was two for six from the floor. He was 0 for two from three, one for two from the free throw line. He didn't shoot it great. Five points, an assist, a turnover, and a steal. But again, some of the highlights of this game, if you watch, like there was the big Terrence Shannon dunk. And then there was also a lot of Dre Gibbs Lawhorn doing stuff with the basketball that, quite frankly, I just don't think anybody else on this team can do. I say they don't have a point guard. Like Gibbs Lawhorn's the only guy on this team that can consistently beat his man and get downhill, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, uh, I, uh, I thought Shannon in that mix too. And Shannon. But yes. So uh, still holding Gibbs Lawhorn stock then from your end uh, after this game? Yeah. Okay. Why was everyone getting mad at us for calling Carson Edwards 2.0? It was mostly Purdue fans who thought that was a crazy comparison. I, I mean, it's, I, I guess I don't want to get mixed into whatever that situation is between the drama between those two fan bases. But, like, it's clearly obvious, like, when you watch him, that's kind of who I who you see. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't hate it. That comp to me was more about Ty Rogers being no gel. And we're talking about like a dynamic guard playing with them. I don't think it's like a one for one. Gibbs Lawhorn reminds me of Carson Edwards the way he does you. I've heard you say that um, Carson to me was just so like he was the best step back three guy in the world. Like he was going to get six off the dribble threes every game and make three of them or two of them that he just creates by himself. I don't think Gibbs Lawhorn can do that from what I've seen. I think he's bouncy and can get downhill, but like I have questions about, is he going to create threes for himself or not? Or do you even want him doing that? Like that was, that was Carson's whole game. So I got to see that. I don't even think, I don't even think Brad would let him, would let TGL do that. Yeah. The, I mean, it is, it's very interesting to me. He only played 11 minutes in this game. Yeah. Um, that's six minutes less than Justin Harmon. So Harmon looked good, by the way. I also heard that when we when I say we heard things from people, uh, they were also impressed with Harmon. So I think stock is up for DGL and Harmon right now in the backcourt. Uh, you know what that means. They're stocked down for somebody else in that backcourt right now. So uh, more to come, of course. And uh, any comments from you on our mentions? I had to block a couple people, Carl. I don't like blocking people. I didn't yeah, tell I, didn't, you that. I, I, I didn't like. I wasn't able to keep up with what was going on. To be honest with you, I just saw that we were getting mentions and whatnot, and I was like, "Oh, what's Gregory up to?" Uh, people think we're just trolling. Like it's not trolling. Like it. Like and then after Illinois' official account deleted the halftime tweet, they posted the final score, mm-hmm. and everybody like went back to my tweet and was like, "And what's the update?" And I'm just like, 
they won the game and it's still hilarious. They deleted the half. Like it's, it can be hilarious that they deleted that. And also no, like it's fine. Illinois won the game. This isn't a big, I wasn't tweeting that to be like, Oh, Illinois stinks at basketball. I was tweeting. Cause it's funny that their Twitter account deleted the halftime score. That's hilarious. Okay. Have a chuckle. Have a chuckle like, it's not that serious, man. And I like, I get, we talk about Illinois a lot, but it's because it's fun to talk about this team. It's not that we're baiting or trying to troll or make fun of them. It's just really fun to talk about this team and this program. So anyways, um, Congrats to Illinois on their one and zero start to their season. Is this a hang the banner moment for you, Cart? Are, are we hanging a Spain banner potentially? If we, if we win the second game, yeah, it's it's up. And then we start to talk. Um, we will hopefully have more. We're still trying to get video on this at some point, so stay tuned. Thanks to everybody for watching uh, the Illinois segment today. Let's move to our one big thing, Carter. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first today? Uh, I'd like to go first, okay, because uh, my today, one big thing, I feel like the last couple times I've been, you know, either sentimental or kind of just, I don't even know what it is, but this is a statement that I want to make. I'm going to go back to the sports kind of uh, theme of the one big thing presented by Big B. Uh, I'm sick of the humble noise, okay? I'm sick of being like, okay, why am I thinking to myself, oh, what's Carson Cooper going to do for this team? Oh, what's Madison Soko going to do at the center spot? Oh, maybe Kohler's a guy. Oh, maybe Xavier Booker. No, I'm not worried about that, okay? All Michigan State fans, book your tickets to Phoenix. We're going to the Final Four. This team is nasty. A.J. Hogarth is going to be nasty. Tyson Walker is going to be nasty. Jay Nagins going to be nasty. Cohen Carr going to be nasty. Malik Hall going to have a healthy foot. We are going to be tough this season, okay? We are going to have dogs. Izzo's going to be in his absolute go-yard duffel. Steven Izzo's going to make sure he doesn't get technicals during the season. Jason Wittens isn't walking through that door. Pierre Brooks isn't trying to walk through that door. We are going to the Final Four this year. It. We are tired with this humble noise. Uh, I'm just glad you have dogs. That's all that matters, so... Um... I had I had no idea, man. I was unaware that you had dogs, and you will now be going to the Final Four because there are dogs. So, congratulations. Woof, woof. Beat me there. Don't beat me there. <laughs> that was really targeted at Pierre Brooks, man. What? He's not here. We're going to the Final Four. That's tough. What, That's are we celebrating? Cool. Are we hanging a banner that says Pierre Brooks isn't here? Sorry. I didn't mean for him to catch a stray. I hope he's, you know, feasting at Boulder. Uh, you you have been known to frown upon your dogs that leave the kennel. So uh, shout out, shout out Cormac, shout out Max Christie. Uh, okay. I'm glad your energy's back. That's, I think you were just holding that in all episode. When I said you were being a little off, I think you were just like, you had to get that off your chest. Now I've, I see that twinkle in your eye again, my friend. It's good, good to see. Uh, my one big thing presented by Big B presented by this iced coffee that I drank all oh. of during the episode. I drank it all today. Yeah, I heard the noise. I heard people rolling their eyes when I said 94 and a half minutes for me to finish a nice. I heard that. Okay. Uh, also, this episode went like 45 minutes longer than normal. So I'll me some time. I, uh, I have a scenario. I have a scene that happened to me in real life yesterday, Cart, that I can't forget about that i just keep playing in my head that i want to talk about i was at walgreens i went to walgreens to buy a gallon of milk to bring home for dinner okay and there was one solo man in front of me he was checking out i'm approaching the checkout line at the same time i'm approaching the checkup line from one direction from another direction there is a family a mother and a father and then they had three children two daughters and a son the two daughters are running in different directions of the store, essentially screaming. Uh, 
the son was grabbing candy bars left and right, like just putting his hands on every candy bar going, uh, oh, I wanted to remember the specific word. He said some like very obnoxious cartoonish slang word that like, I couldn't believe an actual like seven year old boy was using as he was touching these candy bars. Uh, so we're both walking like me and the mom of this family are essentially walking like same pace to where we're going to converge to being next in line at the checkout. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, she like, as we get right to the point where you would have to like enter or you're not there yet, she has to stop because her daughters are running in other directions. So I just keep walking by with my little gallon of milk. They were getting a bunch of shit, by the way. I just walk by with my little gallon of milk, get to the checkout line, takes them about 45 seconds to even get back up behind me. Once they get up, her kids are still going crazy. She's still like clearly frustrated by it. She very loudly enough for everyone who was in the store to hear. It's like, gosh, you guys just cost us 30 seconds and two people just got in front of us. First of all, the one guy was already at the aisle before he even got there. Second of all, oh, she said took our spot. Two people took our spot because of you to the daughter. It wasn't your spot, woman. It was it was it's a spot. I had no right to be entitled to that spot, just as neither did you. It's just the spot. And whoever gets there first gets to go through the spot, and then you get to go through the spot. And it's not my fault that you were doing a horrible job parenting your three children. Okay, to the point that that spot became available to me conveniently before you. Second of all, I was in the checkout line for maybe 40 seconds. I had a gallon of milk. It was not that hard to be patient. Probably something you could teach your children and be a better parent so that next time you're at Walgreens, this doesn't happen to you again. But the audacity, Carter, the audacity of that woman to say out loud, you cost us our spot in a spot where I could hear that. Like, what do you want? You want me to step away? And let you and your children walk through your spot, woman. It's played in my head a hundred times, Carter. I hope she has a horrible day, and I hope a bird poops on her shoulder today. My word. Two things that I want to comment on that. One, I'm a firm believer in letting the person who has like that one item in front of you if you have multiple items. I think that's a good thing to do. Um, I think that's the that's the that's the thing that should be universal throughout the world. I go by that rule. I abide by that rule. That lady has some audacity. Two, the most alarming thing out of this situation is that you're drinking milk, regular <laughs> milk. That is, that's, that's, that's gross. Yeah. Should we bring back our one? This is one of my favorite you and I hypotheticals. We've said, uh, is it weird? What's weirder to not have done in 10 years? Drink a glass of milk or read a book? What is, what is more weird? It is more weird that you're just drinking a glass of milk. Uh, see, I'm not like it, of it's regular weird. of regular milk. That is, cr I didn't know people still bought regular milk. You and TJ are the only people I know that still buy regular milk. I mean, that milk builds strong bones. What do you got against that? Calcium, my friend. Like, you can get calcium from other food items. You, so you don't eat chocolate. You don't do a little cookie and milk. I do, but I do not do. I do not drink regular milk. You don't drink cereal. You don't. You don't eat cereal. Yeah, I do. With milk. Almond milk. See, that's just now you're being high maintenance. No, it's actually very easy. Time, but like, how can you drink almond milk and criticize people who just drink milk? Because you're making the conscious decision to go to the store, reach in, and buy two percent or low fat D milk and it's in a big ass gallon. 
and your point you're telling me you're having a dinner you got i don't know you got a uh chicken some some veggies i don't know something else and you're pouring a glass of cold milk to eat with that for the record no last night i came home made chicken parm on non bread with mashed potatoes and watermelon. It was a great meal. I made it. It was Bunday. Then we watched the big short. Gosling didn't even put up a generational performance. I was disgusted. But before that, I poured a glass of vino, a glass of red, a glass of cab to drink with my dinner cart. Even topped that off with a Diet Coke before I sat down on the couch to watch Gosling underwhelm for two hours and 15 minutes. But I had the milk in the fridge cart because... I also brought home a little surprise for the wife. It was a s'more. I brought stuff to make s'mores. We made microwave s'mores as a little after dinner snack, and I needed a glass of milk to go with my s'more. So you like glasses of milk with your dessert? Yeah. Nice. Do you also, when you go to restaurants, get that placemat that you can color on? It's a crazy take by you. It's a crazy take. Uh, all right. Thanks for watching this episode. I'll let Clark get the final word today because I don't have anything clever, clever to come up with. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow where we'll probably talk about Purdue and hopefully some other shit that happens in college basketball. Have a great Monday, everybody. Drink some milk.